Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I don't have any trousers anymore because I gave them to a man at the zoo. He put them on gorillas and they looked really good. I could do the same for you. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come, come up, up with five, five sketch, sketch ideas. ideas. I'm Andy. And I am Alistair George William Trombley Birchall. Thank you very much for uh, laying your ears upon my voice. Uh, your ears are like the... Are like yes. the train the, station. Uh, yeah, and my voice is like... <laughs> Uh, a person wanting to catch a train. Yeah, great. And then... Uh, I was going to say that your ears are like a dream catcher. Okay. And my voice is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, you do, the, you do it best when you bring all the parts of the metaphor yourself. Sure. I, mean, I, I thought this was like a sort of one of those parties that's like a bring a plate, but with a metaphor. Sure. Right? Yeah. So it was like, oh, bring a, bring a simile. Bring a synonym. Yeah, and those and those parties are great. Yeah, as long as everybody brings their own plate, and sure. it's not like you're bringing a plate of let's say crackers and cheese, but instead yeah. of doing that, you bring the crackers, and your friends like I'll bring I'll bring something else to put on the crackers like that, and then they're like I brought a different type of cracker, <laughs> and you go okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> it's just not exactly what I was thinking, and so. We'll find a way to make it work to get right. these two types of crackers to work together. Yeah, well, I mean... In- I mean, isn't that what we are? Just two different types of crackers working together? Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who came to the Sans Pants radio gig the other night would be, and saw us in, the, in our pasty flesh mm-hmm. would, uh, would, would agree with you that we are just two Just types a couple of, of crackers. crackers. Just two different types of crackers. <laughs> now, if we, if we were two biscuits, though, two biscuit crackers... Yeah. Um, would which one of us do you think that you would sort of uh, chew up yeah. and sort of get all moist with your saliva and spit back into a jar so that you could dip the other cracker into it? Hmm. Well, I think I'm kind of drier, re- requiring mm. more spit. Yeah, and so probably I would be like a Scotch finger. Yeah, and then I and I think that would chew up well. And that make would a nice, chew up real nice, real nice yeah. paste, slightly sweet. And yeah. then you'd kind of maybe be be more like a sort of like a digestive. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not a traditional dipping biscuit. No, 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 absolutely not. But yeah, oh, there's that's a little, interesting. There's a bit of sweetness to you. But then some some would say that chewed up Scotch finger is not a traditional dip. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We're just too types of crackers trying to make it work. They're not even really crackers. They're more a, a, a sweet biscuit yeah. on both accounts. Which are different types of crackers? Um, we, uh, um, but, but dips, right, at a party mm-hmm. really are like a, a chewed up food in a way, aren't they? 
and mm. we, we we sort of tell ourselves because it's because it's not being vomited into our mouths by a large bird, mm-hmm. but instead because we're picking it up on a small wheaty disc. We yeah. we pretend like we're somehow different to baby birds in the nest. That's right. But the reality is that we're not. No, you know? a food processor is very much just a stand-in for our mother's mouth. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, you know, they don't even try and hide it, right? One of the dip, famous dip brands is called Black Swan. There you go. Yeah. No, they're not even trying to hide it. No. <laughs> I mean, how thin a veil do you want to put over <laughs> regurgitated food? Another one's called Fruit of the Gullet. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> And then, then there's a third one that has an even more obvious... Oh, really? Yeah, name. Oh, Why do they do it? I know. It's crazy. They must think we're idiots. I don't know how they and do we it. we clearly are. So, okay, so, so the... It's got to be a thing like... I guess, look, we, we, there's probably a, some kind of uh, sketch in this somewhere. Well, I think, like, what about... <laughs> is this too disgusting, yeah. Alistair? But literally it is, it is a party, mm-hmm. right? And people are about to arrive, yeah. and somebody's like haven't done the dips and the food processor is broken for some reason so yeah. they just put all the ingredients in their mouth <laughs> chew it up and spit it back into a bowl sure and then they maybe there's somebody else there to witness it maybe their yeah. partner yeah who wonders about the ethics of it yeah and then they start having a bit of a debate while they're chewing about what is a dip oh while they're chewing i love it their mouths are full yeah all right we can debate as we chew uh, and yeah. then if at the end of the debate you win, I'll spit it into the compost. Okay, yeah, But we don't have time mm-hmm. to wait for the outcome of the debate before I start chewing because the guests are going to arrive any second now. That's right. And if they see you chewing, it'll be even less ethical because then they'll know <laughs> what they're eating and then they'll be hurt emotionally. That's right. Or they might choose not to eat it <laughs> and then we'll waste all this food. But I think we'll still hurt them emotionally because they'll know that their hosts are the kind of people who expect them to dip, 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 spit. spit dip spit, dip into spit. Yeah. What if they also didn't have crackers? Wow. Then, okay, so they, what are they doing there, honestly? I don't know. Uh, Sk- flakes of skin off my back? Yeah. <laughs> flakes of skin. Uh, I mean, some of those... Oh, you there's, know, a, there's a dead bird in the back who uses bones? <laughs> you know, like a really dry dead bird. Or the worst thing of all, we could just cut up some celery. Oh. Yeah. I know. Like, not, and not the good bits of the celery further down. The bits up, up the end near the leaves that are real bitter and horrible. Oh, real thin. Yeah. Oh, nobody likes the thin... Is that a sketch? I think so, yeah. I think, dip spitters? Yeah, okay, let's call them dip, dip spitters. But I wonder if there's, like, yeah, it, I think, like, we could have these people as, dare I say, how dare I say, do I dare? Women? I say. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Oh, good. No, no. Oh. <laughs> I pictured at least one of them is a woman. Uh, absolutely. Look, it was a very heteronormative uh, sketch. I think one was, a, in my mind, one was a woman and one was a man. Great. Is there such a thing as homonormative? Could that be a thing? <laughs> uh, yes. I want this to be our first hom- homonormative sketch. What if we... I think, you could, I think you could make a sketch show called Homonormative. Absolutely. And it's entirely... Uh, takes place within uh, same-sex oeuvre. Yeah. I don't know what the word oeuvre means. Is it French for egg? Uh, no, that's F. That's F. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. But, but it probably comes from the same <laughs> origin in some way because it's got that OE at the beginning. The same origin. And, and it comes from a cloaca. Not the, all <laughs> eggs come from a... Oh, wait, do frogs have cloacas? Yes. 
What about platypuses? Yes. They have a cloaca. The cloaca is the official orifice of, of the, the Two in the Think Tank podcast, Alistair. I can't believe you don't know this about our, <laughs> our partner orifice. And uh, It what? really is the Swiss Army knife and, of Orify. Andy. Yes. When's the last time you did something nice for your orifice? <laughs> um... It's what it is, right? Yeah. It's like one of those budget companies that offers to roll all your debts together into one easily manageable uh, loan, right? Because, yeah. you know, the real problem with owing lots of money is having all the different people that you owe it to and you lose track, yeah. right? If only you owed slightly more money to yeah. one high-fee charging corporation. Mm-hmm. This is like that. You're sick of trying to maintain all your orifices. Yeah, that's okay? right. You can bun- combine them into one easily wiped hole. Yeah. The cloaca. The cloaca. It does everything. Oh, I see. Have I supposed to talk about this? Like, if it was both a... a, a like, okay, wait, is there a creature that has a mouth as well as... that? That is like... That has all of its holes? I think that's the starfish. The starfish. Yes. Right. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, well, so it doesn't have ears. <laughs> There's no so there. What do you mean so it doesn't have ears? Or it does have ears? Okay, so you're saying every single hole, not just the mouth. All holes are in. Eyes. doesn't even have pores. Do you consider the eyes to be a hole? Uh, A semi-hole? Yeah. I mean, they're like a... That's a semi-permeable hole. It's more a socket, isn't it? It is more of a socket. It's it's pretty it's pretty linked, and it's got got a couple of doors on them. (laughs) It's, It's a hole, but it's full. It's a full hole, yeah. I mean, one would one could ask, is it still a hole if it's full? And it has an open door policy, but it's closed a lot of the time. That's right. Two thirds, a third of the time. A third. Do we sleep only a third? Only a third. Anyway, it's funny that this starfish yes. is the creature that I was picturing in my mind mm. that has only one hole. Mm. It's like the, con- the con- consolidated holes. Yeah. Because I would picture, if if I was to just create one, yep. a creature that only had one hole, I picture it would kind of look like, sort of like a just a like a spherical bag, a little bit like a like a like a you know when the scrotum goes firm. Mm, I, like I do. Yeah, <laughs> the scrotum kind of goes a bit firm. So not 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 droopy scrotum. It's possible that some of our listeners, for whatever reason, don't know about this. Either maybe they live in a really warm climate. Yeah. All right, or they're. They've desert never people. seen a, a, a scrotum. No, but even the desert but, gets but really cold at night. It does, yes. <laughs> so then the desert's probably not right. But like, let's say like a like equi- an equatorial country. But because the scrotum is designed to keep the sperm at a constant temperature, it has a function where it can be raised and lowered like the back of a budget moving truck, right? right it goes yeah. up and down, okay, and it, according to the temperature. And it and, it, and, and you it, could draw some skin... little lines on your, on your thigh yeah. like on a thermometer. Oh, yeah. You know, a, a mercury thermometer, That's so right. that you can calibrate the height of the balls to the. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I would picture it's sort of somewhere between a blowfish and a scrotum. Yes, but just one hole. Yes, but then it would also sweat out there. It would. That's its pore. Maybe, it, maybe it, it only has an eye that is a retractable eye, right? And then allows fecal matter or you know out or food mm. in. But then the eye comes back in. Yeah, which is great because you probably don't want your eye looking out there when you're shooting anyway. You don't want to well, see that. Well, it would shit around the eye. <laughs> it would shit like it would sort of like ooze over the eye, sort yeah. of like one of those, um, okay, like you know, like one of those water features that you kind of get where there's mm, that big, that big ball, the big boulder, yeah, and, and it, you can kind of spin it because because of the water. Yeah, it would be like that, but with effluent <laughs> and an eyeball in the so, cloaca of a starfish. Yeah, but instead, I guess to make it work, you could 
you could put the eyeball at the end of a tongue. So that yeah. way it still gets to have a tongue, mm-hmm. and the tongue kind of holds the eyeball in place until it retracts it. Yeah, yeah. That, that way you could still taste whether or not stuff is poisonous. <laughs> Do you really want to be able to taste? I think I think you I think you sacrifice when you some at some point in your consolidating all your holes into one whole thing mm. you you give up on the tongue you give now, up on taste. I wonder whether or not the idea of good and bad tastes is a construct of society. Right, it's because I've had a child. Yes, and uh, at that age, at this point, doesn't seem to really know that smells are bad. Really? Yeah, I don't register. It doesn't seem like he registers. He doesn't go like. Like, the only time he goes, poor, like that, which is a sound that I would make sometimes when I'm changing him. Yeah. Right? I feel like he only does it because he knows the context in which I would do that. And that's not his sound. So what we're saying is that, like, in, much in the way that children aren't born with racist, like with that kind of prejudice, yeah. also children aren't born smelling, you know, with any kind of prejudice towards, towards any smells. smells of any kind. Yeah. Wow. Well, and so I think that this this sort of... Scrotal bag creature, mm. uh, firm scrotal bag. It could still taste. It could still taste, but it wouldn't. It would just be like, oh no, that's that's poop, right? So I don't know if there's a sketch in that. Um, no, look, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if there is. The either. creature is itself here's, here's a dead an, end. Here's another interesting <laughs> observation. Both in that, <laughs> you know, it's got a, it's just a cul-de-sac creature. Yeah, but also that it, it results in no sketches. So a cul-de-sac that would be higher up the leg. It actually's got the, the word "cull," which is "ass" in French. Really? Cu, and then "sac," which is what the creature is. <laughs> it's an ass, ass sack. of sack, <laughs> which is what I was. This is amazing. This works on well, I mean, at least one level. Yeah, and you could probably turn a car around on it as well. Absolutely, it's the big. car was small. Oh, if it was huge. really big, <laughs> and it would just get moved by getting pushed by the wind. The wind or, um, yeah, I guess, you know, big tidal motions maybe. Yeah. I would want to be aquatic if I was that creature. That's all I'm saying. I know that this is kind of similar to an idea we came up with last episode. Alistair, lay it on me. But theoretical biologists yes. are, you know, and this is very similar to the sort of, crypt, mm. the, sort of the cryptozoologist that we came, who came, comes up with yes. mythical creatures. Yeah. But this is one that comes up with... Creatures that could theoretically work in terms yeah. of like they're a full system. There's a waste part. There's mm. an eating part. I think this is good, and I think like it's 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 then it's from a universe in which it's then incumbent on people to prove that the creature doesn't exist, right? In a mm-hmm. like you know it, it used to be that we would go out and we would discover animals and we would document them, and that would be the evidence of their existence. Yeah, but. Um, but I think the idea that you could just make up an animal yeah. and then we say, you know, until you prove to me, much like God, that this doesn't exist, I'm going to believe that it's there and I'm going to put it in the zoological dictionary, which by now the zoological dictionary is enormous. Well, actually, like thinking about it like this is is that if you can make it work, like if you can theoretically you look at its systems and you go this would be able to sustain mm. a creature like yes. you know with, with uh, by saying that there is a chance that it will exist infinite in a universe in an infinite universe then it is inevitable that one will eventually exist yeah great and uh, and therefore i think this is good because also once we like 
if we know that they must exist out there some, somewhere, then there's a chance that in our expansion into the universe, we'll come across them, we'll encounter them at some mm-hmm. point. And therefore, it is important that uh, we work out whether or not they're useful in some way. Yeah. Like we, we come up with procedures for how we would deal with them. Would we eat them? Would we try and, um, you know, turn them into a beast of burden? Yeah. Uh, or... Uh- or um, maybe form a society. You know, they might be intelligent. Or we something need like to that. figure out very early Are on. Are there a threat? Before we travel all those hundreds of thousands exactly. of years. Exactly. There could years, be anything. How do you kill it? Yeah. Right? We'll, find, we'll, we'll design it, then find its weak spot. <laughs> I reckon the fact that it doesn't have any legs or arms. <laughs> it moves only by being pushed by the wind. That's one of its weakness. So, that's a gimme, that one. That's, yeah. an easy, that's, an easy, that's an easy kill. So, yeah. So once you just you, put a little rock on it. Stop it from blowing around, it'll die. You stick, you stick a rock in its one hole. In its one hole. You just come up, you, you, you show up there with just a bit of cork. Yep. You can plug that <laughs> thing up. All right, before you get on the spaceship, have you got your bit of cork? <laughs> <laughs> They're growing cork trees on the, on the spaceship. Yeah. Um, look, I've written down theoretical biologists. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely a sketch. I, and I've written half a sketch because no, it's kind of... No, no you think that's, it's a whole... I think that's a full sketch. Okay. Yeah. And I, I realise that it's a bit similar to the one that we came up with last time, but I think, if anything, the one last time was a half a sketch. This, to me, feels now like like the full sketch. Well, I think... So the, we need to go back and modify that. With how record. expensive space travel will be, mm. it does make sense. Like, we're, we're going to be talking, like, trillions of dollars yeah, worth yeah, yeah. of trying to get, you know, 30 light years away. That kind of thing. The idea that you would come up with creatures first and then just try to find them in the universe before you even leave home. None of this wandering like the the Enterprise or whatever they do in Star Trek. That's not that financially viable. You're paying all of those people Mm -hmm. in that that spaceship. I don't know about that. Yeah, we're finding the one thing that we know that we need and we're, we're going out for that. Yeah. Right? Like we're going to the supermarket. You go with a list. Because or else, if you go out, especially if you go out looking for real weird creatures, if you're hungry, yeah. you'll come back with all these creatures you don't need. Yeah, or creatures that when you eat them, they won't be good for you. That's right. They're just going to give you a short-term sugar rush. Okay? Beans <laughs> made of full sugar. <laughs> we talked about this. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. But the idea of, like, not only should you not shop hungry, right? Yeah. But Oh, did we talk about this? I can't remember. That as a farmer, you shouldn't plant hungry. <laughs> you, should, you know, if you're a farmer, never sow the fields while you're hungry because you're going to sow some kind of, you know, high sugar, high fructose food. Like you know. corn or something like that. Yeah. You're just going to be thinking about Doritos or whatever. Yeah. You, you want to you have a f- good full stomach before you sow the field. Also, never design agrarian policy on an empty stomach. All right. Never formulate agricultural uh, policy, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. when you're feeling peckish because yep. you'll put in place the incentives in the market, Yes. all right, the, uh, the subsidies and the tax breaks that will incentivize the growing of food that is not healthy for you in the long term, okay? Also. Yes. Don't. Yes. Uh, don't eat. While you're hungry. <laughs> That's very good. Because <laughs> then you'll just eat food that'll that quell you wanna that. That you want to eat. you want to eat. Yeah. And you'll quell. Eat when you're not hungry. That way you can just eat anything. Only eat on a full stomach. Yeah. <laughs> that way you'll, you won't yeah. Yeah. risk overeating. 
don't ever do anything when you want to do the thing because you'll just do the thing that you want to do. All right? Only do it when you desperately don't want to do it and it's a bad idea. Don't breathe when you're thirsty for air. That's right. I don't have to... Do we have a word for that? Thirsty for air? Um, we don't, do we? Uh, Isn't that strange, Alistair? It is weird. But there's, no, you know, I mean, we got gasping. Hungry, we got thirsty. But gasping is more of a is more. We of got a verb. horny. We got horny. We got, um, we got, antsy. Antsy. Is that like when you kind of just don't want to feel? It's when you want to move. These are all the all the requirements for life, right? There's the seven requirements for life to yeah. to, de- to define if something is life, or maybe five. Antsy. Say five, right? One is you want to move. Right. One is you want to eat. One is that you want to um, uh, use water. Yeah. Right. Uh, one is that you want to reproduce. Thirsty. One thirsty. Is, yeah. Exactly. One of them is that you want to uh, store and use oxygen. Right. Yeah. So, and one and one of them is energy. Are well. these real or are these? These the ones are all you're the making? things. Then these are all the things. But that you want to move. That's one. Well, that you move. You know, it's yeah. a sign of life. So all the things have a word for them, except for oxygen. So we should come up with one. Okay. Here we go. Um, Oxygen thirst. <laughs> All right, no, no, that wasn't it. I was just, I was just, you know, I was, I was preempting what is. You were just priming the, yeah, uh, yeah. priming um, the, uh, the, the gun, the weapon. Uh, um, bre- breath empty. Breath empty. Breath uh, empty. Uh, uh, breathless. Breathless. No, well, that's already a word. No, no, but that's Makes not. It, it doesn't mean. But it doesn't mean that, does it? No. No. That means Maybe we should use breathless. For actually, that. usually you're breathless when you've, you're having way more breaths. That's true. Yeah, you're breathful. That should be breathful. Breathful. Yeah. Right. Well, let's swap that one or out. That one's breathful. Breathing. Breathing. Um, but then also, when you're thirsty, you're not waterless. No. How how did they originate thirsty? Where, where what's the origins of that? Thir. It's like three. What is that? Third? It's like close to third. T? What's that? What's that suffix? That's a bit like 30 as well. 30, yeah. Yeah, with so an then, S in it. So maybe maybe hung, uh, hungry for air should be called forsty. Great. Or five. Uh, or, okay, thirsty. Well, it's a bit like thirsty, isn't it? Well, no, but it's thirsty. Okay, thirsty. Look, they should just be numbered. Numbered. The seven... Okay, yeah, the things that you need for life, right? Fawny, that could be horny. Yeah, fawny. Seventy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, that that's produce waste. I, okay. I think I think produce waste is another one. That's at the seven. Okay, seventy. Sixty. 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 Maybe. Um, is 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 sexy? It's sex. It's like sex. Right. Uh, well, we've already got fawning. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh. Okay. Wait. Okay. Thirsty. Uh, Thirsty. That's you need to drink, right? But that's three, right? Thirsty. Third. That's third. Thirdsty. Third, third, oh, thirdsty. Fourthsty. Yeah. Fifthsty. Yep. Sixthsty. Seventhsty. Look, okay. anyway, we're not going to go through them now. Secondsty? Secondsty, that can be breathing or something. Okay, or toosty. Toosty, great. <laughs> That's number toosty? That'll be the waste. That's produced waste, great. <laughs> <laughs> and this way, we can number the requirements for life. That's right. Right? And then you, if, if what it'll be is, is, is you will be able to 
get through life mm -hmm. knowing only seven words. That's right. Okay? And they're not even words, they're just numbers. They're not okay? numbers. So if you know the, for the numbers one to seven, you'll be able to fulfill all your basic needs. And in this mm -hmm. way, we can dumb down the education system to the lowest possible level. That's right. right? And, and if we can teach those numbers to rocks, great. then we can probably <laughs> make them alive. <laughs> this is great. Okay, what we should be doing instead of searching for alien life, intelligent life <laughs> elsewhere in the universe is we should be mm -hmm. redefining intelligence down to the most basic building blocks yeah. to the point where even building blocks mm -hmm. are capable of being defined as intelligent. Yeah. If you can learn the numbers one to seven, you can get by in a human society. You can yeah. become a valuable member of society. Yeah, if being a valuable member of society is just being alive. Yeah, and fulfilling whatever your basic needs basic are to needs. meet those criteria. Yeah. Which bloody hell, I mean, tell you what, that's, a, that's bloody about 30% of the population around here. <laughs> uh, so how is this a sketch? This is the fundamental... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I like... Can, I know it's my suggestion, Alice, yeah. here, but, like, is it, <laughs> is it wrong to put this in, a, in an education context in that they are redesigning the Australian curriculum in some way? And so we're, we're, we're trying to make it... What is the... You know, it's got to the point where kids these days are so dumb. I know this isn't what ha what's happening, all right? I know kids are actually, and IQs are increasing, and kids are actually more capable generation on generation than the generation before, but old people don't think that. Old people think kids are dumb these days. So we're playing to that stereotype, and we're talking about a new national curriculum which really reduces everything down to learning the numbers one to seven, mm -hmm. and those become also the only words that you need to know uh, and mm -hmm. so that you can... Um, get what you need what no geography what about british history oh and british history okay, we also yeah. teach you the history of the kings of england you've got to memorize the uh the, you know what i thought yeah, was quite whatever. interesting was that um when you're a kid and you're learning stuff at school people say you're never going to use this in life when am i ever going to use this mm. right and when I, I can I can testify when I was teaching I did have someone say that to me. yeah great see so it's not just this is I'm not just speaking out of sorts here not at all no uh, and there's a there's a type of philosophy which I can't currently remember the name of that is basically that is like is it utilitarian yeah utilitarianism there's this idea that kids in high school are these utilitarians with to, to do to do with information like. I think at this point in my life, I know that you can you can have information, and you can just have it because it's it colors your life, right? Knowing it and and it's uh and it can you know and it's just a kind of good things to know like history and things like that. You don't necessarily have to have a purpose for it, mm. right? But what it is really is it is shaping the brains of children, mm. right? And if we said that we wanted to shape any other part of a child. That would mm -hmm. be considered wrong. That's right. And yet somehow, because it's the brain and you're forming neural connections and you can't actually see it, you're allowed to get away with it. It's a bit of a scam. It's I a think. scam because if you came in... It's a in... grey area. That's why they call it grey matter. Grey matter. It's the grey area of, yeah. the, of the body. Of the crime. Of, of the, the crime. Of bodily alteration. And, but it, but if, you, if you came in one day and you said, I would like if mm. the government shaped the hands of children... There'd you be know? an outcry because you could, you know, let's say you could, you could get sort of clothes pegs on the back, on the back, pinch that back skin, yep, pinch it for long enough 
that it kind of starts to kind of stay like that, like it looks like the ridge on the back of a lizard. What if you put a string around the end of the the ring finger, mm-hmm. right? And you you tied that back to the elbow, yeah, right? And you so you shortened that, yeah, right by a couple of millimeters a day, yeah, until that. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Fingers all the way back down, mm-hmm. laying against the top of you know top yeah. of the back of the hand. Yeah, and. What if you? Good luck getting that through the get, good, you know, through the education. Yeah, the Senate. <laughs> uh, you know, and if you if you started sort of just like making little slices with a knife at the bottom of their hands, like yeah. that, that just created like sort of skin flaps. Mm. So they had a lot of skin flaps up, and you do that up their hand. And so it's all it, rough. So it's all rough and 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 like looks like scales of a dragon, but it actually gives you extra grip. Yeah. I mean, but it's like a dry skin grip. Sure, it's a useful thing. Sure. Right? Much like knowledge. Mm, much like but knowledge. You, but you won't, be, you won't be allowed to do that. No. And, no. I, and I think that it's wrong that you can't do that. Oh, that's, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I love the side of the argument that you took at the end of that. Yeah, well, I was, well, because I, you know, I, don't, I guess you didn't know what side I stood on. No. Because, I mean, I could have been using this as an argument for saying, that's why we shouldn't be allowed to shape children's, children's minds. minds. But I'm but, saying that we should be allowed to shape any part of a child we want. Over the course of 12 years. Yeah, You're giving have, 12 years to shape the inside of a child's head. Yeah. Like, like in Japan, you could do, like, you could make a kid into a sort of like a square watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> like they do in Japan. Right? Yeah, and you and you should be allowed to um, sell a kid on a sort of like a street market. Yeah, and because you're shaping them into a product. Well, the whole idea of education is to turn the child into a, I guess, a more useful member of society. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that a more useful member of society wouldn't be someone who had scaly hands or a finger that bent backwards or was the shape of a cube? You know, right. very often we hear from employers mm. that they're not getting the young graduates that they need to fill the positions in their company. Mm. What if the position they need filled is that of a brick? That's right. Yeah. I mean, and it what, must be very frustrating for them. It's because we don't know what their posi- what position they're in, and what the what what the holes. They don't tell us what the holes they need filled look like. Right? Are they cubes? That's are right. they rectangular prisms? Mm-hmm. Are they? Um, let's see, say a an extruded rhombus. Yeah, are they extruded rhombus, or you know, is it a more complex shape? Is it sort of like a, the outline mm. of like a tiger? You know, are they only two dimensional holes? That's right. We can, we, can, we can do this if you give us the information. So we're going to ask for feedback from industry yeah. about what shape children they want. Mm-hmm. And then we will, it, gives, it will take a while to get it all, you know, get the changes through. But in 12 years' time, you'll see the first generation of kids coming through who have the shape that industry requires from them 12 years ago. 
And I think it's, a, it's about taking a top-down approach. Right. And I think we need to speak to employers, mm. right, to, see, to look at what they want so that then we can consult uh, with regards to their holes mm. uh, and then shape the curriculum in such a way mm. that the kids, you know, will find out what boxes we want to put the kids into, whether it's like a small box yeah. or like, a, you know, an old tiger skin or whatever. Yeah. But then it's also not, you know, anyway. I was just wondering while I was thinking about this before while we were talking. Um, is a black circle? Yes. Is that a 2D hole? Oh, wow. Okay. Alistair, that's really interesting. <laughs> right? Because, well, I wonder. I wonder because surely a deep hole is le- is, is more... Is less of a two D hole than a shallow hole, right? A deep not hole. shallow hell, not shallow, shallow hole. hole, right? So you, you, the the, the shallower shallower a hole gets, the yeah. closer to being two dimensional it becomes. Yeah, right. But just before it becomes two dimensional, yeah, like a, a really really deep hole, I agree would appear black, right? Yeah. Because no light would come out of it. But as that hole becomes deeper. Mm. It uh, it becomes shallower. It uh, it will not. It will start to reflect light, right? To the yeah. point where a flat hole would would reflect totally light. So it would yeah. not be a black circle. But if it was black, yes, is there not space for light to be trapped in? Is light trapped in, or is it just not reflecting? Uh, it's absorbed in some way. Is it possible for anything to be completely two D in a three dimensional world? Uh, I mean, I guess because even if it was like one atom thick, it would still have a thickness. That's that is that is true. I'm just trying to work that out in my mind. Well, you know, you could you could have, say you have an arrange. No, Alistair, we're going to throw that one out to the li- listeners. All right, all right. It's our first listener question, feedback question. Is it possible for something to be truly two D in a three D world? And. And can it can you is a black circle a two D hole? If there's any, I don't know if the, who would you ask for that? A mathematician, uh, a physicist, sure, uh, sure, maybe a philosopher. We if could there's any of the, those. The consult <laughs> the most intelligent thing in the known universe, which of course is a twenty year old man at a party who's had three beers and a puff of a spliff. Yeah, and uh, we would consult with one of those. <laughs> if you are currently fit those requirements, then uh, please. <laughs> You know, the answer right to everything, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, Alistair, we received from one of our Patreon supporters yes. three words. You are kidding me. I, I shit you not even slightly. So, like, these are the three words that we said that if you were a contributor to the Patreon... Yes, and you're a $3 contributor to the Patreon. If you're a $3 contributor to the Patreon, then you get the right to send us three words, a dollar a word. A dollar a word, but we won't... We, we, not for individual sales, so we're not selling individual words. I'm sorry. All right, they come in a packet of three yeah. that you give to us for some reason. fun size words. Yes. We... Uh, we will we will try and work out a sketch based on that. And this this week's words come yes. from Jason, Jason, who on Twitter is at Nest Wyoming. Yeah, right. And his words are rat, split, and light. Oh. Rat, split, light. Well, first of all, when you told me these earlier, yes. instead of split, it was slit. 
Oh, I can't. I can't remember if it was slit or. But you know slit. what? The great thing about split and it slit. Is, it is split. It, it is, is split. split. Yeah, slit is a word that people don't think of as much about as split. You reckon? Yeah. Well, I guess split is also a verb. Oh, so slit. Yeah. Uh, but um, also, if you split, you make a slit a lot of the time. <laughs> Very often. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, is 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 good. Okay. Split light. So you know, if you if you run a light through a prism, you can split. You get it into a rainbow. Colors. Yeah, into different colors. But what happens if you, pa- spl- if you split <laughs> a, a light rat. beam through a rat? <laughs> no, I was going to say if you put a rat through a prism. Through a prism. <laughs> what do you get? <laughs> Out the other side, okay? Well, but, you know, do you want to go with yours? That no, 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 I like yours. Well, because because a rat is made... Light, white light, yeah. right? You can split it into different colours through a prism because mm-hmm. the, it's, it has these different characteristics, yeah, right, that are contained within it. So maybe a rat, if you could split it through a prism, would split up into the different characteristics of the rat. Sneakiness. Okay. Sneakiness. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, resourcefulness. <laughs> Being gross. Being gross. To some people. Yeah. But also loved by others. But also great breeder. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic breeder. Um, and good for scientific experiments. Right. And I think it'd be fantastic. There may be others. There might be other attributes. Eats, eats uh, plastic cabling. What about its ability uh, or, or, or its, its, uh, the way that its organ uh, arrangement is the same as ours in our body? Is it... I think, apparently. Really? I think that's why they, they dissect rats a lot. I think their organs in a, are in roughly the same place as ours. Oh, wow. If there's any person who's at the top of their field in biology or even at the bottom of the field of biology. <laughs> anywhere in the field. Anywhere in a field. <laughs> anyone who's near an animal or an open rat, um, let us know. An open rat. <laughs> a split rat. Split rat. Um, no, okay, so I, I like this a lot, right? Yeah. We get all these properties of the rat, mm-hmm. the characteristics of the rat, and then we can use them for different things, right? Because okay, yeah. I think a rat as a whole can be difficult because it's a bundle of characteristics. It can be difficult to do anything specific with. With just a rat, yeah. yeah. But we uh, we split it up and then we can use those in industry or in science sort of sort of like with a laser yes um but you could create let's say a, like a like a laser of intense rat re- yeah intense <laughs> intense rat resourcefulness <laughs> like that and shoot at a high intensity yeah um maybe at a mirror first oh, i mean that would be really interesting but i don't know <laughs> but i'm wondering like wouldn't you want to shine it at like something that requires resourcefulness. Yeah, rat resourcefulness. Rat resourcefulness. Like, you know... Somebody who's lost in the in the bush. Like somebody's lost out in the forest. Oh, wow. Right, You can't reach them right now. Okay, but we but should from, shoot... from a satellite, you can shoot them with rat resourcefulness. Oh, God. They've just got a yeah. GPS that lets them know where they are. And yeah. from a satellite, you can... And then they can... We've know, picked up their life sign. Yeah, and then you can... You can and then they'll start burrowing... And they'll start like chewing through wood. Yeah. Maybe we're through a cardboard box. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds find... so resourceful. <laughs> they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll be oats in there or something. You know, it's about it's about that. Ex- you know, it's yeah. A, it's about the. Well, they can find shelter in some way. And... 
They'll yeah. be afraid of the light. You know, it's that, that being afraid of being out in the open light mm-hmm. will protect mm-hmm. They'll them. They'll scurry under something. They'll scurry. They'll get under a log. They'll get under, a, you know, a big rock. Maybe we should shine them some uh, some scurrying ability as well. <laughs> All right. We'll if we could just shine a full rat onto them. <laughs> oh, no. I shone them with wants to fornicate with rats. <laughs> being one of the characteristics of the rat. That's, yeah. By mistake. For a while there, when you were first talking about running a rat through a prism, I was thinking, what if instead of a prism, it was a grater, like a cheese grater? <laughs> so but it could using s- this cheese grater, we were able to split the rat up into bits of rat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not it that feels pretty. less like a scientific breakthrough, Alistair. But what if it was like a clear, oh. you know, so, so that it's kind of like a piece of garlic. Right, that in order to get the fullness out of it, you really got to crush it into small bits, and then, then you can get out all its properties, like garlic taste, stickiness on your fingers, <laughs> um, persistence, strength. I don't know if it's easier to get this stuff out of a squashed rat than it is to get it out of a full rat. Okay. Do you have to make the rat really hot? Do you have to like yeah. use like E yeah. equals MC squared in this? Yeah. Get it really hot and turn it like its mass into energy. Yeah, I think really hot, or maybe just moving really, really quickly. I think the fu- it it, it uh, its waveform. Oh, maybe not. Maybe its waveform. What's it going to be wrong if, with the waveform of the rat? I think I think you want the ra- waveform properties of the rat to be significant enough because because the problem is right. Okay, what's the problem with this? The, idea? the problem, Alistair, is that in order to um so so okay. Because all matter has a wave-particle duality, yeah. right? But the problem is that the wave component of most matter is much, much smaller, uh, much, much smaller than the size of the matter itself. So you wouldn't be able to shoot the matter through a slit, as in the Young's double slit experiment, sure. in order to observe the dis- diffusion and the wave properties of that <laughs> that right. object. Okay, which is why. You can do a wave, a, you know, a double slit experiment with electrons, which are small enough, but you can't do it with a baseball, which is too big. So, but could you do it with bigger slits? No, because the slit has to be smaller, unfortunately, so that you can get interference with the wave component. It, it, it interferes oh, right. with itself as a wave. So, yeah, it's a. So that's so why that a resting works. baseball doesn't have a sort of natural waveform. That's an interesting question. Does a stationary Object have a wave. E- yes, I think so. I think it does. Think yeah, it does. cool. Yeah, but it's very, very small. Okay. And I think, uh, I think, yeah. So interference, you say? Interference, Alistair. Yeah, it interferes with itself. Um, on both sides of the. Now, what do you think here? Should we've kind of uh, trailed off a little? Yeah, bit. Yeah, we sure have. Um, but there was that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, I we split the, that rat. Splitting splittin the rat. Thank you, Jason. At Nest Wyoming. At Nest Wyoming. For supporting us on Patreon. I hope you feel like you got value for your $3. Yeah, I hope so too. And if anybody else wants to get value for their $3 or just wants to support the show, you can go on our patreon.com slash 2intank. And if you have a better sketch for uh, Rat Split Light, uh, why don't you fuck off? No. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I mean, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. He gets like this sometimes. 
yeah, very <laughs> defensive. Yeah. No, um, yeah, tweet at us at Two in Tank. Yeah, or Facebook at us at Two in Tank. Great. Whatever. Do you want to take us through the sketches that we've come right, up I'll with take today? Us okay, we've got Dips Spitters. These are people who are, you know, this is, you know, it, it, this is a short film where, yep. it, you know, it's a, it's a conversation between a couple. A, this yep. is in a, a, a homonormative uh, world. Mm. So it's either two men, two women, or any mixture of uh, two of the same of any person along any spectrum of gender. Correct. Yeah. Great. I did that well. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> God, I haven't got to the meat of this thing <laughs> yet. Uh, they've got guests coming over. The food process is broken. The food process is bro- broken, but they need dip. So they just chew- start chewing it they start up. start chewing. And they'll say that we'll work out the ethical uh, nature of this as we're chewing, but there's no time to work it out beforehand. That's Sometimes right. you just got to jump in and start doing it. You start doing it just so that it can be done. And then ask questions later. Yeah. And, uh, and so then they start talking about, you know, what even is a dip? Is it mm. just anything that you can lift with a cracker? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, is it, or is it, is it sort of a semi-liquid? Um, does it, you know, how small do the particles have to be for it to still be considered Does it have dip? to be moist? Does it have to be moist? Yeah. How dry can it be and still be a dip? You know, could, um, it's like a cocoa powder or a cinnamon powder with sugar in it. Is that a dip? Because you you know you can you could lift it with a cracker. Whiz fizz. Is that a dip? Hmm. Um, and so these are some of the questions. You know, and also how big are the grains? Can the grains that you know the, the the particles be in there? Is is say like a, a bowl of 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 um, Cheerios? Mm. Is that a dip? Yeah. If the thing that is going on the biscuit is bigger than the biscuit, mm. is it a dip? Yeah. Like, or do their roles then reverse and the biscuit becomes the dip? Oh yeah. That's right. And so these are all the things we'll talk about. Then we've got a theoretical biologist. These yes. are biologists who can come up with a working system for a living creature. Yep. In uh, a creature that they can, they can just kind of come up with, but as long as they can make it work yep. in terms of, you know, they, they design all the veins. All the bits know, go together in the right order. Know, how, many, how many orifices they have. Yep. Um, you know, whether or not they're sort of scrotum shaped. Um, all the big questions. All the big questions. And then if they do, can, can, if they can come up with a system that works, then because we live uh, in a universe that is infinite, uh, then all possib- you know, anything that has a chance of existing will therefore be inevitable. inevitable. And then we have to prepare our uh, valiant astronauts for it before we send them out into space. Yeah, for it. And then we search for it. Maybe we can come up with a, you know, maybe a, they'll let off a, a waveform or a stink or something mm. like that we when can we find. we found one, we tick it off on the list. We tick it off and then maybe we go get it and we like turn it inside out and see what's... Yeah, wear it as a hat or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what you do with animals. Yeah, we've, we've discovered that this creature, it'd, it'd make a great hat. Yeah. Or, and if know. we can go and find it, then we will no longer have to make hats. Yeah, and, and that'll yeah. free up people in the economy to do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working very hard so that everybody can do nothing. <laughs> That is like that's my attitude to a lot of things. I'll go to a lot of effort thinking that something that I'm doing will make my life easier in the future. Yeah. And I think that discovering a planet where the animals are hats yeah, animals falls in that category. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, fundamental needs for life. You've got the education. It's an education system of the seven needs. Mm. And we're, we're simplifying the education system so that really all we need to te- teach people is their seven needs. Yep. Uh, you know, it's uh, being able to move. Yep. 
um, or, you know, in some regard, at least some internal movement. Yeah, and we just do it by numbering them. Numbering them, and we call them uh, the firsty, the toosty, <laughs> the thirsty, the forsty, the fivesty, the sixth fifthsty, sorry, fifthsty, sixthsty, and seventhsty. And um, that is... Uh, Wait, oh, there's two more. Yeah, I know, and that is the basis for education. Well, that is the basis. Oh, yeah, and then also potentially, if we could knock, we could knock over the entire curriculum in about five minutes. In about five minutes, that saves a lot of kids about twelve years of life. You're right, and that frees people up to do more <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, they're not then, making hats, but they're not learning anything. Yeah, but as long as they know that, they can live. And exactly. And then if and then where we go on from that is then we send the kids out into the world and we they, we try to get them to teach that to things that aren't alive. And see if they can make them living. But also, that's interesting because that one that we just came up with means that we also do the minimum shaping of the kids' minds, right? That's right. We teach them as little as possible so that we're not interfering with their uh, their mental organ in any way. Yeah, that's right. We're going to leave that organ alone. That's your business. You do with it what you want. It's a very like libertarian kind of idea. Yeah. I think. David Leinhelm would love it. Oh, we should get him on the podcast. <laughs> Um, for anybody who doesn't know who that is, he's a politician in Australia who is a yep. libertarian. Uh, shaping a kid's hands. This is the idea is that, you know, rather than just if we are going to shape kids' minds, and we, obviously we're not in the previous sketch, but in this sketch, why stop at just shaping their minds? Why not shape mm. their hands or their, you know, maybe shape their Ears back fat so yeah, that it's like it looks like wings or something <laughs> like that or – you know, why not even shape their words for them? Like, why not actually move their mouth for them and their tongue and things like that? And we're just, Really, we're just teaching them to, in order for them to be able to say and do the things that we think they should say and do. Exactly. Why not just put them in a robotic exoskeleton with a speaker in front of their mouth? Yeah. And then we can just sort of use them as a robotic puppet. Yeah. Well, if we, if we could move their tongue and mouth... Their tongue by, and lips. You know, like that, then, you know, in a world where we... Rather than going the, the the way where we're trying to get everybody to do nothing, yep. What about if we want to really employ people? Mm. Go the other way, you know. People, maybe this is the alternate universe to this. It's a bizarro place where they go. Oh no, you can't let people not do in, do nothing. You got to get right. them doing something. We got to get them shaping the kids, everything, moving their tongues and stuff. What about all in the future? All the jobs are going to be performed by robots. Yeah. But why can't there be humans trapped inside those robots? See, that's good. I actually don't can't picture us allowing there to just be robots and us not being somehow integrated with them. Yeah, yeah, we integrate with them. Like you know, like like we, we kind of control, control them a little them in bit. Some we, way. You know, there's always going to be a switch on them. I think the moment when there is no control, like mm. there's no off switch or anything like that, that is when they're truly free. A robot won't be free until there's not a a, a button on them where we can stop them or say. You know, override you know, somehow. Override or you know, and make an you know, read out an ad right now. And by the way, when we come up with this override, right, it's going to be a separate system, totally from their own control of system. Course. So there's going to be none of this shit where they like, oh, they found a way to override it. We'll just make it so there's no way to override. There's it. no way. It's just going to be like a switch that cuts a a wire. Like that. They'll probably be able to use their robotic strength to to hold us down <laughs> and stop us from. From clicking it or whatever, right? Sure. Yeah, but that's not really an overriding the override. No, that's just killing all humans. That's just that's just. But that over- switch will still be there. That switch will be there, and another robot, maybe a robot that, that's learned g- good, or at least learned some respect. <laughs> we'll flick it for us. Yeah, hopefully. 
and then Got finally we have uh, splitting a rat through a prism into uh, its separate parts. Uh, rat so, gunning. So that you can, um, let's say, concentrate certain parts and make a laser and then shoot it to a person who's yes. lost in a forest and make yes. them more rat resourceful. Yes. Or, you know, you could the government could use it. Let's say in Japan. Yes. They could use it in Japan. <laughs> I love that you said yes before you knew what it was. So that, you know. My voice said yes, but the rest of my face <laughs> is saying, oh, no. In Japan, you could shoot lasers into people's houses <laughs> and get them to breed because they're not making enough young people. Wow. They could, they could give them that, that rat breeding urge. Yeah. Get them, you know, probably maybe they could even get them to breed in rat on like rat terms. Like not on rat terms, <laughs> but like exponentially or something. You mean like, like 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 you make you make six in like an hour or whatever yeah, they do. Wow, they all like they, line they up they in the uterus. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You line up. Oh, do they line up more like eggs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's how you do it. It's more like a production line. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just have one on the go. I think that's how we create sperm. I you think know, we I got... feel like people from Japan would love this. It's actually yeah. Oh my god, I used to know terminology of Japanese manufacturing Well, the Toyota processes. thing has the just-in-time philosophy, and there's a like, special word for that. There was like a, it was like Kenji or Kudo or something like that. There was like a, oh my god, I used to know this from my engineering days. Right in. Right in. If you're, <laughs> if you're a manufacturing processes engineer. <laughs> if you're in the field of Japanese yeah. uh, manufacturing process yeah. Or just in a field. In a, any field. Right in. And, um, and I believe is... is Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. Um, we I had a really good time. Man. I had a real good time. Thank you very much, Andy, for coming. And I, you know, oh, I much you know, appreciate it. Was good, nice. Good to be here. It's nice not having to do this alone. No, no, and it was nice to get to spend some time together for once. Yeah, for once yeah. we're currently after working together all day and catching up on the weekend <laughs> socially. <laughs> it's great to just get to talk. At least you know, at least having dinner together yeah. and then <laughs> at least we're in a hot on trades together. At least we're in a hot room and it's unbearable. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> at least it's unbearable. Yeah. This would this would be this would be really hard if it wasn't unbearable. Yeah. And um, you know, as we said, uh, find us on uh, Twitter at Twitter. Two in Tank or at Alistair TB. And uh, you can, uh, I'm at Stupid Old Andy. Uh, you, we did a live podcast for the Sands Pants Radio guys for their. Um, for their uh, one of their uh, shows, yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> Jackson uh, Bailey Spooks America. Yeah, Jackson Bailey Spooks America. It's, I think it's one of their hidden shows it's on, one of their the, hidden uh, on shows their website. You, you can go sign up and pay for it. It's worth it. Yeah, sign up time. and then sign up to us and, yeah. and pay for us if you want. Well, don't. I don't know. Just depend. You don't have to absolutely, but you know, if you want to, it's fine. Yeah, or tell a friend. That'd be great. Yeah, tell a friend. If you if you Force like a the friend. Show, for, <laughs> that's right. Tell when I say tell, I mean tell a friend. Yeah, or like, like tell a huge group of people. Right. Like what's. What, in what ways are you capable of broadcasting? Are you, do, are you the owner of a large TV channel? This is like Amway. I think when you, some, they get you into the Amway yeah. you know, pyramid scheme, sure. they first ask you, like, what are your networks, yeah. right? And then they say, okay, see, that's a network. That, those are all potential customers. And they get you to go to the people in that network and try and sell to them. And this show is no different. It's no different, yeah. Are I, you part of the scouts? Right. Yeah. Go to those people. Go to a jamboree. Yes. <laughs> Spruce, spruce, spruik, spruik, spruik. Two in the think tank. Anyway, you don't have to do any of that. But if you want to, you can.
Um, and uh, yeah, think, review us on iTunes if you like. And review us on you know write write about us in your diary. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to be funny, but then it was just sounded like I was like really needy. I was that we are. Are we? Yeah, we're really needy. That's why we do this. Oh, okay. And, and we, we love, love you. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 